Hey everybody, Frank Finance here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Today we're going to be doing a stock analysis on EPR properties, ticker symbol EPR. In today's stock analysis, I'm going to give my price target. We're going to look at Q4 2021 results. We're going to look at the earnings highlights. I'm going to give a brief business description, fundamentals and financials, dividend information, and I'll give my final thoughts on EPR as an investment. If you like this type of content, please consider subscribing. I do videos on personal finance, investing, and stock analysis. If you have a question about EPR, leave a comment below. Also, if you have any recommendations or stock analysis videos you'd like to see in the future, also put that in the comments below. Last thing, please hit that like button. It helps me out a lot. Now, back to your content. All right, so my price target for EPR properties is $65 in the next 12 months. Now, this is lowered guidance. I previously had them at $65 to $70 uh, when they reported in Q3. Some of this has to do with what we're projecting for 2022 versus what was happening in 2019, and we'll go over that. That price target of 65 indicates about a 38% upside, and there is some risk associated with EPR properties. However, I think the worst is behind us, but there are some things that we need to watch out for with higher rates that could make those investments. We'll talk about it a little bit later about what they're guiding for 2022 in their investment range. And market sentiment overall is seeming to be more negative lately, which could is more, more of a macro issue, which could cause EPR to sink a little bit lower with the rest of the boats. So we'll just want to pay attention to that. For Q4 of 2021, EPR properties reported uh, funds from operations of $1.11. That's a beat of $0.15 cents from their analyst expectations of $0.96. Cents. On the revenue side, they reported $154.94 million um, compared to analyst ex expectations of 140. So they beat on revenue by about $14.52 million. Um, and so good beats both there. Now we'll talk a little bit why both of these beats are a little bit off. Um, actually, I'll just go ahead and say it right now. The reason why they beat on FFO and revenue was mainly due to deferred rents that were collected during the quarter. Otherwise, the revenue would have came in um, right in line with analyst expectations or slightly above. All right, moving on into earnings highlights. So EPR gave FFO guidance funds from operations of $4.30 to $4.50 for full year 2022. That's a 42% increase from what they reported for full year 2021. I'll talk about why this is a little bit deceiving. It looks like a lot of growth, but we're gonna have to compare that back to the 2019 numbers and we'll, we'll cover that in the financial section. They gave guidance of 500 to $700 million in investment spending for 2022, and they reported a collection rate of 97% for Q4, which is excellent compared to what they were getting um, compared to Q1, which is just at 82%. So you can see that their collection rate has been increasing over the last year, and that is uh, wonderful news. It went from 82 to 85 to 90, and now at 97%. So they're getting very, very close to um, uh, you know a normalized collection rate. Now, finally, they increased their dividend by 10%. This was somewhat unexpected probably more expected around like Q1 or Q2, maybe even Q3 of 2022, but they did give a 10% dividend increase from 25 cents to 27.5 cents a month. Now to dive a little bit into what EPR does, now they are an experiential type of real estate company. They own theaters, eat and play properties, attractions, ski resorts, uh, to name a few. 
Now, one of the things that hurt them in 2020 is that theaters basically kind of went out of business, right? Not, not really, but effectively their business went uh, almost to zero. And so the rent they were, they were collecting was deferred and they were not receiving payments. And one of their biggest um, tenants was AMC Theaters and they were on the verge of bankruptcy. And now at this point, that's not going to happen. And you can, as you can see, rent collections are back to 97%. So there's really not much to fear from that perspective. But one thing I did want to uh, call out as a risk for them that is associated with movie theaters would be streaming. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Now, I've mentioned this in previous videos, but I just like to rehash this because if there's anybody new watching, it is important to grasp. And basically what EPR is showing with this slide is basically as there's been adoption, new streaming services have come online. They've continued to see annual box office revenues increase at movie theaters. And to further drive that point home, they also provided this slide where they basically said, what are people streaming when they're at home? And basically only 15% of what is streamed is uh, movie content and uh, the rest of that being series, 85% just being series. So with that being said, they're not worried about the long-term uh, health of movies or at least the short-term health of the movie theaters. Um, so from a risk perspective, that's just something you need to keep in mind. Right now, it doesn't seem to be a risk, but if anything does change with that, that is something that will affect um, EPR heavily. But right now, doesn't seem like a, a major risk, low probability here. All right, so as we transition into the financial coverage of this and as we go through the income statement, there's two things I want to highlight from the press release so you keep this in your mind as we go through it. First one is net income available to common shareholders per diluted common share. We're gonna look at EPS diluted for this and that's given guidance of $2.06 to $2.26. And that funds from operation diluted common share is guided from 430 to 450. Now keep that in mind. All right, so jumping on over to the income statement. So first thing is we're looking at diluted earnings per share. The thing that you want to note is back in 2020 for full year, it was negative. For 2021, I think it's somewhere around $1. And, but that's not what we're comparing it. We're not comparing it to 2020. We're comparing it to 2019 which came in at $2.32, right? So they're basically reporting less than 50% of what they reported in 2019 for full year 2021. And that is expected. We didn't see them have a near, nearly a full recovery in 2021, but we do expect close to a full recovery in 2022. Again, remember they gave guidance between that 206 and 220 or 230 something, right? So we're getting pretty close there on the earnings per share diluted. But again, that's meaning no growth, okay? Now, the second thing is no growth from 2019 all the way through full year 2022. Just keep that in mind. Second thing is, is on the funds from operations. We'll go down here and make sure I'm not cutting it off for you guys. Um, funds from uh, funds from operations diluted. Um, so right now for 2020, it was reported at 51 cents. I think it's going to be somewhere around... Um, I think it was a dollar. I could be wrong there. I, I might have messed that up. But right now we're looking at $4.39 is what they reported in 2019. And what they're guiding for full year 2022 is something, if you average it out, is a little bit less than this. I think it's 430 to 450. So again, that puts, well, I guess it puts you right in the middle there. So right around where they were in 2019 is basically what they're guiding for 2022. 
Now, this makes a lot of sense in the sense that, again, they they they're basically were in trying to, you know, tr treading water for the last two years. And they were taking all their capital investments and not investing basically at all over the last two years relatively to what they were doing. I think in all of 2022 or 2021, they only invested like 20 something, 26, 25 million dollars compared to, again, what they're planning to spend in 2022 budget is 500 to 700 million dollars. So you can basically say that they weren't going out there. They weren't growing the company by investments, which is what these REITs typically do to get to gain. It's not like, um, you know, rent collection goes up, you know, you know, 10% every year, right? In order to get more income, they go out, they make purchases, they build up properties, they make investments and they grow that way. So that's what they typically do. So if they're not making those investments again, that's kind of what's expected. But, you know, from an investment perspective, you do have to realize, you know, that, you know, not seeing any growth in a company over the course of going to be three years, basically, um, is a little disappointing. It's basically like three lost years. All right, moving on into dividend news. Again, it was announced that they'd been increasing their dividend to uh, 27.5 cents per, uh, per month. That increases the annual dividend to $3.30, previously at $3.00 increases their dividend yield to about 7% at their current stock price of around $47 a share. Now, one of the things I was going to highlight in this is that, you know, we saw a pretty big decrease in the, in the uh, dividend, the, the, yeah, the dividend in 2020. Um, they took it from 38 cents down to 25 cents. Um, and that was basically gone for a little, little over a year, about a year and one quarter. And since then, they continued with their dividend, and now they're just now starting to start to increase the dividend back. More than likely, we'll see them start to take it back to where they were um, at the beginning of 2020, um, but time will tell as to uh, what, what management plans. Um, again, like I said earlier in the video, this increase was a little unexpected. Um, expected to see it more in like Q1 or Q2 but it is probably welcome for EPR um, investors as this is um, you know, one good benefit of the, the stock is that is that nice dividend yield. Now for my final thoughts on EPR as an investment. So as we went through it, we had really good earnings. Again, it was a little bit deceptive because a lot of that uh, beat was from a deferred rent, was from deferred rent payments. Um, but nonetheless, it is still good to see EPR starting to get back to where they were. However, in 2021, it's not like they fully recovered. It looks like a full recovery is more likely going to happen at the end of 2022. So it's going to be about three years of a recovery for EPR properties, which could be, um, could be a problem for some investors. However, as we look forward to that happening, it looks like the dividend is going to get back, well, maybe not get back in 2022, but it looks like management is starting to reprioritize and get that back up there. And so if they do ratchet that up, we could see a dividend yield maybe over 10% by the end of the year if prices stay where they are. And at some point, the, the, the stock price is going to have to go up in order to combat that. The other good thing about EPR is that we haven't seen any dilution from a shareholder's perspective. We also haven't seen a crazy amount of debt. I think they've also basically went out and did nothing with that. So there's been no debt 
and no share dilution over the course of the pandemic, which is excellent. They have good liquidity. So if something did happen, which highly, highly doubt at this point, they would have the liquidity to get through that. The other thing you want to keep in mind is if you are a dividend investor, if something did happen, they're more than likely going to cut the dividend if it's substantial enough. We saw them do it during 2020. However, that was maybe you know once in a lifetime event. However, multiple once in a lifetime events have happened so far. So who knows what happens next, right guys? So if you are chasing dividend yield, be careful about that. But from a capital appreciations perspective, I do think $65 a share is possible within the next 12 months still. We do have to be uh, careful of higher interest rates and we have to be um, cautious of some of the macro events that are out there. And if those do change, it could change the price target for EPR. So right now, investing in, in general, there's a little bit of anxiety. There's a little bit of pressure out there on where exactly is the market going to go overall. And EPR is not immune to that. So that's kind of why I'm a little bit iffy on some of these uh, price targets right now is because we are kind of subject to what the market as a whole is going to be doing in the next 12 months, right? So that adds in, you know, an external risk outside the company that you know no one can see, right? Um, the other thing I will end with on EPR is that overall, the company um, from a collections perspective is excellent. So if you're looking at them and saying, um, you know, what can they do better? There's not much else that they can do better, right? We are we we did see them offset some of their investments for 2021, uh, not offset their investments, defer their investments in 2021, and they're starting to redo that. So we're getting a higher dividend. We're also seeing them go back into their in investments, which should also translate to growth for future years. Um, so that is exciting. Those are some good things and positive things for EPR moving into 2022. Um, and so now we just need to watch them execute as we fill out the remainder of the year. If you like this type of content, please consider subscribing. I do videos on personal finance, investing, and stock analysis. My name is Frank, Frank Finance, out.